The last time I was here, I, uh, I had been overseas. I had been three, three days in the country. I had come from sea level and uh, almost a constant 78 degrees. And I flew up here and I told my son, please promise me you'll never invite me back in winter. <laughs> uh, all I remember, I told Melanie, all I remember is, is being cold all the time. That probably wasn't true, but it felt like it. Yeah. But I'm glad to be here in May. I did laugh. We got snowed on in Casper yesterday. And uh, so that was fun. But, uh, but it's nice to be here. And, uh, and look forward to just getting to, to meet some of you that I haven't met and, and knowing you better. Would you this morning open your Bibles or turn on your ebook Bibles, whichever you have, in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians. And, and while you're finding your place, let me just share a tidbit. I, I, got the, I, I was part of one of the breakout sessions and then, then also um, spoke the last session to the men. And the title of my message, which isn't for you this morning, but, but yesterday was called Broken Windows. And, and the, the whole concept comes from a theory of broken windows that if you have a building with windows that start to be broken and nobody fixes them, then the, the building goes on into decay because people will look and say, nobody cares about that. And have you ever walked as a kid by a building and saw a broken window and you just picked up a stone and thought, I can break out another window? Some of you would never do that. I did. I, and, and, and the whole theory, it's a criminology and sociology study, basically says that when there's something that, that needs to be cared for is not cared for, it continues down in a decline. And there's an application to us in our lives of taking care of small things, small problems, fall, things that the enemy just kind of sneaks into your life. And if you don't take care of them, they fester and become big things. That's all free of charge, okay? <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians chapter 16, starting in, in verse 5. It says, Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way. He was on the way to somewhere else, so he knew if I stop now, I'm really not gonna get to spend much time with you. But I hope to stay with you, stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. Verse nine says, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Just highlight, if you will, in your mind, your thoughts, for a great and effective door has opened to me. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful this morning for this body of believers that are here. Father, for the second service, and Lord, you care about every one of us. You care about every moment, and it's a divine appointment. Nobody's here by accident. And so, Father, let my words be anointed. Let my words glorify you. Let them be edifying to everyone that hear. Give us those spiritual ears, every one of us. Give us that heart that would be open, Lord God. Let us hear. We want to hear from you. Nobody wants to hear from a man. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from the throne of heaven, Lord God. So pour out your Holy Spirit, and may we receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Now, I, I kind of goofed because I didn't have my PowerPoint this morning ready and in the right format and everything, but... Um, 
we got it this time. So I invited everybody in the morning service to come back for the afternoon for the for the late service. Anybody take me up on that? <laughs> you know, you you have this enticement, and you think. I don't think that's going to be enough. They heard the message. Just because they missed a picture doesn't mean a thing. But let's go ahead. If you like to take notes, and I encourage you, whether you're on your cell phone writing notes or, or in a notebook, take and give this a title, and let's call it Doorways and Opportunities. And I want to start by sharing with you a day in the life of missionaries. We were traveling, and uh, a lot of the work that we did once we got to our station really didn't involve us traveling that much. Now, the last 15 years... We were off the coast of Africa working on islands. And yes, we would travel out to outlying islands, but a lot of our work was right there. But in this particular day, we had traveled to Barcelona and we were fixing to take, for the first time down to a conference, a fast train. And unless you grew up in a big city, there's some things that you don't know about these trains. And we, we had everything planned and, and we, we thought we had it all together. Kelly had the tickets and I had the luggage and everything went well until the train came, and um, the plan was that she was going to go having the tickets and hold the door, and I was going to bring the luggage. Not a bad plan. She kind of liked it. You know, I was doing the heavy work, and she was, she was going to do that. But, of course, you found out, well, some of you probably know, I didn't know, you can't hold doors on fast trains. Those doors open, and they stay open for a certain time, and when it's determined that they're going to close, they go, you can stand in the way, and that's too bad. <laughs> They're going to close. And everything was fine until the doors closed. And Kelly was on the inside with the tickets. And I was on the outside with the luggage. And the train took off, and I had no idea what stop or anything. And uh, it was one of those things, if you could imagine the thoughts and the expressions on her face and mine as the, as the train sped away. And for just a moment, it really caught us. And, and, and we're well-traveled. You know, we, we're adventurous people. Your pastor grew up in Central Africa. We, I took my family there when they were young and, and, and planted churches and trained leaders, and we did a lot of things. But on this day, it just caught me. And sometimes, sometimes these doorways and opportunities surprise us, as they do all of us. Amen? Or are you never surprised? <laughs> doorways and doors, they, they represent opportunities and, and they are challenges for each of us. And doors can be opened and doors can be closed. And then there are those doorways, those doors that are slammed in your face. Anybody ever have a door slammed in your face? Yeah. I, I was telling them I, I was on the trip out to El Paso and from San Antonio, if you've never driven that highway, it's, it's about a 10-hour drive of cactus and brush and, and, and podunk towns. And, and uh, if you go through one, you would think that you live in a metropolis here, Laramie. And uh, you might call some of the stops watering holes. But about halfway, a lot of people stop halfway. Some of them just give up driving for the night to get a hotel is uh, Fort Stockton. And we have a church there. And, and every chance I get, I'll, I'll stop and try to visit with the pastor And this one day. It had been a number of years I've been overseas, I was back on furlough, and I wanted to stop and see the pastor. I remembered that the parsonage was next door to the church, so I go and pull up, and you know, I'm, I'm certain it's the parsonage, the same brick as the building, and knock on the door, and I hear rustling and all kinds of things, and but nobody comes to the door. I'm thinking, well, they're busy doing something, I'll just knock harder and knock harder, and somebody comes to the door and opens the door before I can, I don't think I got, uh, I'm out 
and the door just slammed in my face. And as it slammed in my face, I heard all kinds of explicatives. I'm going, I'm guessing this isn't the parsonage anymore. <laughs> and, and I went on my way, and when I finally got hold of the pastor, he said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we sold the parsonage, and, and the people we sold it to aren't happy with us anymore because everybody thinks it's the parsonage. <laughs> and so everybody that's looking for the preacher goes knocking on that door. And I said, yeah, they don't like it one bit at all. <laughs> I told him, he said, oh, my. But God, when God opens a door, we need to go through it. We need to go through it. And, and we must embrace the opportunity to reach a lost and dying world and, and, and remember that we have a sphere of influence. You may think that, that you're in a place in your life where you don't have an influence. You may think that you're too young or too old or no, you're not a pastor, you're not a missionary. That's not true. That's right. Let me teach you a good Greek word, baloney. <laughs> you are in a place where God wants to use you. And he will use uh, the influence you have of the people around you in whatever phase in life you find yourself. But you have to recognize that God's in control and God opens those doors. Yeah. Not just missionaries. Mm -hmm. Not just your pastoral team. But all of us as believers. Quickly, I want to tell you what the Word of God has to say about this very thing. And uh, some of the doors are closed. I haven't been watching it. You got any good pictures yet? <laughs> some of the doors are closed. And perhaps, I don't know about you, but perhaps the hardest thing is to accept it when a door is closed. You want to do something, maybe you feel like you're supposed to do something, but the, it just doesn't open. Maybe you're tempted to to push the door open maybe you think, oh, well, I'll just look for a window. I remember seeing an, an interesting old castle and in our travels, and, and, and the door was locked, and it was a big door. And I could see through this very large keyhole, but I couldn't enter. And I think I got a picture of that up there. Let's just see. Do we have one? Go on. I don't know what size key would have fit in there, but I took a peek and I realized, wow, and I really wanted to go in. And so it just occurred to me, and I, I'm, a, I'm a shutter bug, I love photography, and I just put my camera down there and took a picture and peeked in. And, you know, it was interesting, but that's all. I could never go in. The door was closed. The door was locked. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, in verse 6, and then again in verse 7, the Holy Spirit forbid the apostles to go through certain doors. They wanted to go, they were trying to go a place, the door was closed. The, the spirits said, don't go there, they blocked the way. Another place, the door was closed. And it wasn't that God didn't want and care about the gospel going everywhere, but there are times and there are seasons and there's moments that he's prepared people and regions and it wasn't then. And then you realize that some doors are open and they're inviting. When we accept that there are, are some doors that are closed, we have to be willing to say, okay, that door is closed. Where's the next door? God, what do you have for me? And not waste our time standing at a closed door. Kind of like, have, you, have any of you ever read Who Moved My Cheese? <laughs> if you haven't read that book, you've got, you got to read it. It's great. I love it. And, and it's an easy read. You could read it in one day. 
And if you're going through some struggles or you're, you've had changes in life or, or, or conflicts or, or things happen and, and, and you think, man, read it. You got to read it. I'm sure there's an ebook out now, but uh, I liked it so much. I, uh, when I came across it, I'd, I'd buy a few at a time and give it to people strategically in their lives. But, but it's, it's kind of like standing at a locked door that, that God has closed and, and expecting he's closed it. Look for an open door. Look for an open door. And some doors are open and they're inviting. Isn't that inviting? Isn't that inviting? And, and like our text says, that there was a great and effective door that is open. Did you notice that while the apostles were stopped in verse 6 of chapter 16 and verse 7, that three verses, two, two or three verses later, verse 9, they, they have this great invitation, and we call it today, we call it the Macedonian call. Among other things, that's when the church at Philippi was founded. And later, the, the book of the Bible, the, the letter that was penned that we know is the book of Philippians. For me, it's my favorite book of the Bible. And uh, if, I, if I was forced to choose one book of the Bible that I could have and give up everything else, I would grab the book of Philippians because there it, it has a, a, the gospel in a nutshell. Everything that we need to know is right there presented. And yet God gives us so much more. But, but birth was that church and then, then the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, speaking through him to write that letter. Later in the same chapter, we find that in that community, the doors were so opened, listen to me, the doors were so opened that even the prison doors couldn't stay closed because those, those apostles went and they preached the gospel and, and, and somehow ended up in prison, in jail, and at midnight singing and lifting their voices to the Lord. I did that yesterday. The men can testify. We had such a great worship that I was worshiping and I was singing, and when it came my time to stand up and speak, I hardly had a voice. Is that right? <laughs> and and he, Matthew's mama said, remember when the weather changes, your voice does strange things and keep your cough drops in your pocket or, or no, no. They weren't in my pocket and they weren't in my briefcase and I was thinking back and they were in my suitcase and the suitcase wasn't there. And, but I did all right. I did all right. I, I did better today. I did better today. At least I still have my voice. Amen. Yeah. But the prisons, what God was doing there, the door was so wide open that even the prison doors couldn't stay closed. Doors are for, for both entering and exiting coming in and leaving, and it's God's timing. And he will remind us like John chapter 10, verse 9, that says, I am the door. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. When you remember that he is the door, it's, it's not our will. We don't make the ways. A lot of people think, I've got to do this. I've got to make this happen. Listen, there's some things you don't need to push your way through. You wait on the Lord. You can get yourself into a lot of hot water by trying to push a door open that God has closed. Hello? Amen. Ever done that? Amen. Exodus chapter 12, verse 23 was when the Lord sent the death angel. And one of the things you realize is that though the destroyer would come, he's not able to enter 
because God's in charge. And God had, had protected the Israelites and protected their homes and protected their doorways. You see, God's in control. The Lord's in control. And He holds the key to every door. You don't hold the keys. I know you want to hold the keys. I know you want to be in control. None of us ever like the feeling of being out of control, right? But we don't have any control freaks in here, right? We don't, we don't have anybody that... <laughs> We don't have anybody that wants to have... You, you know what? Sometimes it's just in our nature. We want to have it all in control. We want to have it. We want to have the keys. In fact, when I'm traveling, I do a strange thing. I have two sets of keys, and, and I do because I keep a house key and a car key, just a simple set, and then I keep all the other keys, and I usually have both. And when I'm traveling, I'll throw my, my big set into my, my suitcase, because I know I'm not going to be at the house for a while and I'm not going to be in my car for a while. But I do that because I know what it is to be out of control to step along the highway and shake the cobwebs out of your head and, and just make sure that you're fit to drive and the door closed and everything's on the inside. Well, y'all are not itinerating missionaries. You never had that happen? I would imagine here if you stop and it's 10 below and you the car door locks, that wouldn't be fun. We want to be in control. But what we need to remember is that we have to have confidence. We have to have trust in the Lord that he's in control, and he really is, and that he holds the keys. Amen? Amen. 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 So you've got the closed doors, and you've got the, the doors that are open and inviting. And, and as I was meditating between the services, I realized there's a whole lot more I could say about it because sometimes those doors that are open and inviting aren't out of God's doing. And we're not going to go there today. That's another message and another time, maybe a series in this. But sometimes the enemy seems to open some doors that are enticing, and they're not God. They're not of God. Hello? They're not of God. It's kind of like those broken windows. You know, you don't fix them, he'll take you down a rabbit hole. You get, you get the little things right. Make sure the doors are, are of God. The third and the final thing would be this, that then some doors are doorways of faith. Hello? Mm -hmm. Doorways of faith. In Acts chapter 14, verse 27, we see that God opened a door of faith, and that was the door to the world. And I don't know if, and of course I know your pastoral team is, is, is very biblically literate and, and teaches and trains, and you got, you got Bible studies between the service. I hope you're taking advantage of it. If you're not, you're really missing out. But biblical literacy means knowing your word. Knowing what it says, knowing what it means, applying it to your life, and not just, I, I taught Bible school students. We founded a Bible institute out in the islands, and what we learned is students would come and, and begin to answer the call is they said, how, how well you know the, the word? And when we would test them, we'd find out they really didn't know the word. Have you read the Bible through? No. Well, what do you do? Well, I read a lot of the Bible. My favorite passage, Psalm 23, and you know, I've got my favorite verses, and you know, and, I, and, and that's what they did. Listen. All of those are good. There's nothing wrong with that. But read the rest of the Word. Hello? Amen. Be a person of the Word of God. And if you've never done it, read it from cover to cover. By the way, I don't recommend you read it in order. Because you'll get to a few of these books and you probably need to read one chapter and move on to something else and come back and read another chapter. And, you know, 
they're interesting, they're important, but who begot who begot who? <laughs> that's what I read when I can't sleep. I hardly ever can't sleep, but that's what I read when I can't sleep. Because about the fifth verse of who begot who, I'm tired. <laughs> but there are treasures inside those. So be a person of the word. And the reason I say that is because here's the thing. When you talk about um, this door being open to the world, when you talk about um, what God was doing, and, and Acts chapter 14, 27, that door of faith that was opened was the door that was uh, beyond the Jews. It was reaching an entire Gentile world. That's you and me. And because that door was opened, the gospel was preached to an entire lost and dying world that included us. These doors of faith are like what Hezekiah did in chapter, in Chronicles, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 29, 3. It, it says that he opened the doors of the temple again. A time in, in Israeli history, in Jewish history, that the temple doors had been closed and the people had, had, had gone away from the faith, but they were opened again. These are, they're divine appointments. They're divine appointments. They're great opportunities. God opens doors. God changes lives. It's not a uh, uh, the price is right game show where you, you have to pick a door. <laughs> God, God is showing you the door. And not in the bad sense. That just sounded funny. God's showing you. <laughs> it did sound, it just tried to be funny this morning, but it just did. <laughs> He's... <laughs> God has given all of us great opportunities. And not, not just people in ministry, pastoral teams, missionaries, but every believer. And um, can, I, can I tell you that perhaps the greatest door that opens to us is the one to salvation? As you sit here this morning, this may be your first time, maybe you visited a few times, Maybe you've been in a faith and you've walked away and you thought, I hear things are going on in your life. I'm going to go check it out. God's opened a door to you. And more than that, he's, he's asking you to open the door of your heart to him. What a precious door to have open. Can I remind you, and this is the biblical literacy part, because if you know the word, you know this. And if you don't, you need to. Revelation 3.8 says, I set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. That's our God. Aren't you glad? That's our Savior. The door's open. The enemy of our souls might want to shut it. But God's opened it. And nobody can touch it. Nobody can shut it until it's time. Emerson said... Be an opener of doors. Dickinson, a, a little key will open a very heavy door. Like that keyhole that you said. Yeah. I dare say you can check any keyhole here and you're not going to be able to look through and see a thing. But a little key will open a large door. Helen Keller said, when one door closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened for us. <laughs> Don't stand there saying, God, why, why? Just, just move on. 
look for that door that's opened. And I close with this, is that a lot of people think that the most difficult door that I ever went through was um, taking my wife and children to Africa. Your pastor grew up in the rainforest in Central Africa and, and, and from there flew home to the States to go to Bible school. And, and uh, it's amazing to me he loves cold weather. <laughs> but they do. They do, they love it. And that's, that's part of being in the will of the Lord. But people think that was the hardest thing I did. And the truth of the matter is that it wasn't. The most difficult door that I ever went through after 25 years of missionary service overseas was listening to the voice of the Lord saying, return to the homeland because there has never been a time or a need in this nation greater than right now. And I have to tell you, at first, knowing that I was doing what God had called me to do, that I was where he called me to be, I was like, yeah, that's not God. I was. And a little bit like a kid going, man, I can't hear you. And my wife and I feeling so strongly, it's like, we better commit this to prayer. And I remember saying to God, all right, Lord, I'm going to obey you. I will obey you but I don't like this one bit. You ever say that? Can I just be honest? Lord, I'm going to obey, but I don't like this one bit. My family was ecstatic. And, I, and in that aspect, wonderful, you know? And mom, and especially mom, every time I'd have coffee with mom, when are you coming home? Mom, I'm home right now. No, you know what I mean. She was ecstatic. And, and, I said, Lord, I'll obey, but I was angry and bitter. But I walked through the door, and in, in the course of time, the Lord had to speak to me and chastise me, <clears throat> rebuke me, and say, you've obeyed, but you've not embraced what I've called you to do. So would you make that commitment this morning? As he opens doors, Will you realize that if you walk through them and embrace what he's calling you to do, he will give you a love for it. A love that you didn't even know was there. Maybe you're, you've come from somewhere else here for another reason. And you've connected, but you're wondering why you're here. God has you here. Love it and embrace it and walk in his plan and his will. And I'll tell you what, you'll be so much happier. Hello? You'll be so much happier. And, and I'm, I can't even tell you all the things the Lord chastised. He just, I don't think he said shut up, but my interpretation was shut up and stop complaining. <laughs> I didn't say God said that. Don't go out and say I said that. But, but that was my interpretation. Amen. Doors are open. Don't look away and expect someone else to go through. You go through the door that he's opened, and you be obedient to what he's asking you to do, calling you to do, you be faithful in that. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. I know we don't have to pray with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, but just let all the distractions go away. And first and foremost, if you're sitting here this morning and, and you've not been where you needed to be, that door is open. And I, I'm asking you, that door that God's opened for you to come into the kingdom, I want you to open the door of your heart and say, Lord, that's where I need to be and I'm going through this door. Maybe it's a renewal in your faith. Maybe 
you've been that hidden prodigal that you've, you've done the right things, but you've been away from God in your heart. Come back. Come through that door. And if that's you this morning, would you just slip up your hand and say, Lord, I'm coming through this doorway. I'm coming through. Amen. 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 And then, amen. And for the rest of us, we're, we, we maybe... Maybe we've resisted. Maybe we hope somebody else would go through those doors of opportunity. Would you just say, Lord, I, I want to go through these doors and I want to be joyful. I want to do it in the spirit that you've intended. And, and I want to be in your will. I want to I want to walk in your will and embrace what you've called me to do as a believer. If that's you, would you lift your hand up with me? Because I'm lifting mine up. I'm saying, Lord, I'm doing that. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do and embrace it. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you've seen the hands. Lord, you know the hearts better than any of us. And Father, for the many hands that lifted up to say, I'm coming in. Lord, I've opened the door of my heart and I accept the, the invitation and the doorway open to me. The doorway to faith, the doorway to renewal, Lord. God, wash us in the blood of the Lamb. Father, thank you for forgiving us of our sins, our, our iniquities, our self-willed sins, the stubborn things that hold on. Father, renew us and refresh us. We put you on the throne of our hearts to rule, and we thank you for that. Lord, we start today fresh and new. And Father, for all of us that say, Lord, we want to embrace what you called us to do and do it with joy. We want to walk through these doorways of faith. We want to embrace what you called us to do. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> oh, Father, touch every family and every believer represented here. Give them a special outpouring of your spirit and a special dispensation for today. And we ask that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you enjoyed that and God spoke to you? Appreciate my dad coming and sharing and, and being a part. He 